Well, it's the story of uh, Jesus feeding 5,000. And if you take the beginning of the story and tie it into the end, that the conclusion was that they wanted to take Jesus by force and make him king. And then he sort of says no to that without even saying anything and takes off. What what you can see is there's people, everybody's following Jesus. Or if, and that word Jesus is... um, it wasn't just that they were following Jesus. They were following, it says, uh, the, the sign that it was given. In other words, it, it wasn't so much Jesus. Some were coming to understand Jesus in a personal way. But it was really everybody was looking for salvation and following after a hope in a Savior. And if you look, a lot of people say, I don't need Jesus. You, you, I, you know, that's laden with a whole lot of baggage that uh, can actually be, uh, yeah, I agree with that in the sense that you're saying it, (laughs) because what you're saying is I don't need all the corruption of the church and religion, different things like that. If that's what you're saying, it's like, yeah, Jesus didn't need that either. But personal Jesus or Jesus as a friend to say something like, I I don't need Jesus as something different. And I don't think people are necessarily saying that. But, but everybody, whether they say it or not, is looking for help from something and is looking for a salvation. Um, it's just we have different thoughts about what that is. And that's what comes out in this story, that Jesus is rejecting one kind of search for help and salvation, and trying to open up what God's real offer of help and salvation is. And and that's what comes out here at the beginning of the story. The kind of, and it says that the reason why they were following Jesus, or they decided to see that they, they thought that what God was offering through Jesus, or what they saw with Jesus, matched with the hope that they had, even though that was an incorrect Hope it didn't actually match with what Jesus was offering. But the reason why they made a connection, it says, was that they saw these miraculous things happening to the sick. And the sick is sort of an application of the word. The word is, is weak. And in their culture, the, the sick, or if you were blind, you were considered weak. A- anyways, what it's saying is, is the situation of seeing weak receiving strength that gave hope. But it gives rise to two different kinds of hope, is what it's saying. The kind of hope that they took from that, and when we see situations, or we have a hope, or we see some sort of indication that we receive people, oftentimes by judgment we call them weak, but whatever the case is in our mind, there's this registering of the weak are receiving help or receiving strength. The kind of hope that that mustered up was one that led to them feeling as though they had the right to impose on Jesus or force something on somebody. (laughs) That their hope in the end was being made true by them feeling like they had the power to force someone (laughs) to comply with their hope. And that end result is what Jesus rejected. And the, 
when he, they say they wanted him to be king, that was because they were uh, ruled by the Roman Empire. They were not ruling themselves, and having a king meant uh, just what it means to everybody. I mean, it's not so much the king, it's just that they wanted independence. And, and so what they saw this leading to was seeing the weak receiving strength and that bought into a hope that they had that they would become independent, that salvation would be about them becoming uh, no longer dependent and having the power to be able to take care of themselves and even the power to sort of impose on other people because that's what we do when we feel like we have power. We think it's just so that we can take care of ourselves, but it always ends up being us when we have power imposing that on other people. Uh, So what was the hope that Jesus was looking for and that he was leading them into? It was very similar to the background of the story, which is the hope that was found in the Passover. And the way it mirrored that is Jesus, they saw that, they were there in their homes, they had food, they would go back and sleep, Jesus would sleep, they would see Jesus, he was in their neighborhood, their community, and then he leaves and goes to the other side of this sea, which is actually quite a journey away. Uh, He leaves, doesn't seem like he gave people a lot of notice because everyone, if they wanted to follow him, had to take off and left complete haste and unprepared. And they're now in this situation where there's thousands of people out in the wilderness and they don't have food to eat. So in other words, Jesus showing them that the weak are receiving strength or receiving help. He's leading them from that into a situation not where they're independent, but where they're more dependent. He's leading them into dependence rather than out of dependence. And that mirrors what happened with the Passover when when God freed Israel from Egypt, from slavery, their Children were being killed. Uh, He led them out, but it was in such haste, it says, that the reason why on the Passover they have unleavened bread, because they didn't have time for the bread to leaven or whatever. I don't know what the word is for that, to rise. And so they had to cook it and eat it without having, because it was in such haste. And it says in Exodus that they had to leave completely unprepared. And not that being prepared would have helped, Because over the course of 40 years in the wilderness, uh, they ended up needing help anyways. What happened was, is they went out and they went from Egypt where they had pots of meat to eat, bread to eat. Uh, They could sort of, felt like they could manage their life in a certain way, prepare different things in a way, to a place in the wilderness where... They depended on God miraculously raining bread down from heaven every single day. And you may think that, well, what's changed is God led them from a place where they were fairly felt, even though they were in slavery, they had a certain sense of independence to a place where now it's like they're just completely dependent on a miracle every single day. It'd be like us saying, well, I don't know about working or this or that. I mean, I'm just... Every single day, I'm just banking on bread falling down from heaven type thing. And what changed was not that they became more dependent. 
That's what we sort of look at it as. God says the reason why he did that was so that they would understand, so that we would understand that we do not live by bread alone, but on every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. In other words, the reason what was happening there was not that they were moving from a place of being somewhat independent and losing that and becoming more dependent. It was that they had been just as dependent on bread raining down from heaven in Egypt as they were and it was just happening in a different way. In other words, all that happened was God was doing things in such a way as to open their eyes and help them see that they had always been living on bread that had been falling down from heaven. Everything had been proceeding from the mouth of God, and it was going to continue to be that way. In other words, it was the difference is, is having a hope that somehow God's going to make me strong enough to finally have some independence and not be dependent so more and feeling that weight of just feeling kind of bad that I'm just so dependent all the time. And then also putting that on other people and feeling like I'm ministering to Jesus by helping these poor people that are just so dependent on things so that they can finally have the independence that I have. That, that's all just crazy stuff. That's not what Jesus is doing. What Jesus is doing is helping everybody to see that every day, whether we realize it or not, our bread is falling down from heaven. <laughs> and we're living by the word of God. coming. Not, uh, uh, we're living by God looking at us and seeing that we need care and him uh, making a move to care for us. Does that... Maybe that's a better way of putting it, so it doesn't have things. So what we see here at the story is he's about ready to test his disciples to see where they're at with this because he feels that this is very important for us to understand. And the reason why it's so important for us to understand is that we just need to realize that it's okay to be dependent it's absolutely fine. God has no problem with us being dependent on him. When we keep thinking, you know, part of the thing with us like struggling with feeling like, oh, I messed up this, I messed up this, I messed up this, and like, oh, God's got to be, you know, at some point God's going to have to stop forgiving me or have me feel some sort of consequences. Otherwise, I, I won't change and, and, and get to a place where I don't need God helping me anymore. And we feel, just rack ourselves with that. It's like, God's not expecting that to happen. He doesn't, that's not his goal. His goal is to just continue caring for us, regardless. He just cares for us. We don't have to be uh, strong in order to be valued by God. He, it's okay now, how does that change things if we, when we see the gift of God coming into our life, if we take it as God loves us, God cares about me, God's going to take care of me, even when I'm weak, even when I'm, you know, even though I'm not going to ever become independent, even though I'm just going to always be dependent on me, he's just going to keep loving me and keep taking care of me. 
How, how is that different than the hope of saying, well, he's helped me out here and he's helped me out so I can have a fresh start so that now I can get things right. Now I can get to a place where I don't have to ask God for help anymore because I fixed it. I don't really need to get help from anybody anymore because I'll be able to fix it because I'm at a place of strength. One way that it changes things is what we talked about before is that breeds this sense that my security depends on what ultimately ends up being me just forcing myself on other people. But the story goes on and he says, he says to his disciples, he brings them together, he says to his disciples, you know, where can we... Let me read it exactly. He says, where shall we buy bread for these people to eat? And he asked this only to test them, for he already had in mind what he was going to do. And Philip answered, eight months' wages are not enough bread to feed each one to even have a bite. And another of his disciples, Simon Peter, Simon Peter's brother, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, spoke up and said, here's a boy with five small barley loaves, two small fish, but how far will that go with so many? Jesus said, sit the people down. There was plenty of grass in that place. And they sat down, about 5,000 men were there. Um, And this is one of the places where it actually is saying men, not just people. And it's hard to understand what he's saying in that sense. He already knew what he was going to do. And he's basically saying, look, if you guys think you're at a place of strength or a place, then go ahead, go feed everybody then. (laughs) Go buy it. I mean, if you feel like we're going to like become king and, you know, separate ourselves from the Roman Empire and have independence and that's what's being given, then great, go do it. And they said, well, you know, we don't really have what it takes to do that. He's basically saying, right. But what's interesting here is that Jesus, it's not just that they didn't have enough money and Jesus was choosing, since they didn't have enough money, he had to make the loaves of this uh, young child and the fish of this young child last. That, that actually wasn't the choice between buying or that. The choice was he could have made the money expand, but he chose to make the bread and the fish expand. Does that make sense? In other words, he could have done a, it was a choice between two miracles. It was a choice between you know, he could have just all of a sudden, I don't know if you've ever done this, I, I have, but mainly just because I'm bad at finance or something, it's like looking, it's like, oh, I don't know, where did this money come from in my account, <laughs> you know? There's lots of times where something like that has happened. It, it's He could have just miraculously made more money up here so they could just go buy, you know, as I tell kids, go buy Big Macs for everybody or something like that. He didn't do that. And he chose instead to... And, So what's the choice that's there? In their culture, um, I don't know how to say it, uh, men uh, it was like the uh, uh, they, I don't know, were paid more in their culture. You know, there was a certain sense of power that was there in their culture, that, that 
you know, we're, we're trying really hard to find some equality. I, I don't know that there was all, uh, that much effort back then on that. I, I don't know. But, but it, it's not, aside from that issue, what it was was 5,000 of the most powerful people in that group, he chose to use, and in every culture, this is true. It doesn't matter how much progress everyone thinks that we've made. It's always true that the children have the least say and are the weakest and are the most overlooked and are always thought to be the least capable of anything happening. In other words, he's saying 5,000 of the most powerful, he chose one of the weakest. <laughs> to accomplish what he wanted to have happen. In other words, what's the value of coming to understand that every day, everything that I have is really just rained down from heaven as a complete miracle and gift from God. And I'm just, it's not that I'm every day becoming more dependent on God. It's that every day I'm realizing that I am dependent on God. And I just didn't realize it before. And he's starting to open my mind. What does that do for us when our eyes start to be opened to see the extent of just how much God loves us and how much he's caring for us and how much we really are dependent, but every day he just keeps raining it down on us. How does that change things? It allows us to stop overlooking the weak, the person that we've evaluated as weak. They're not any weaker. The little boy isn't any weaker than the 5,000 men. You know, if there was a... Uh, never mind, I'm not going to... Um, When you walk down the street and you see someone there asking for cash or something, I don't know why I go back to these examples a lot because it, I don't know, just to, there's nothing weaker about that person than yourself. <laughs> nothing. It, it's, you're viewing it as weaker. There, there's, let, let me Start with another example. What, since we're talking about them making him king, the king that God gave Israel was King David. And King David came from the weakest tribe in all of Israel. He came from the weakest family of the weakest tribe. And his own family, when it came to, let's see who might be able to be chosen to be helped, didn't even include him in that lineup. He, he was, they had just sent him away from that evaluation. It, it wasn't even a part of their thinking that like uh, David, and yet God chose him, the weakest of the weakest of the weakest to do the greatest of the great, kill Goliath, lead them to the, everything that they thought of in terms of what they wanted, he gave them through David. In other words, When we think that the goal is for us to get strong so that we're not dependent, there's all sorts of judgments. There's all sorts of ways that we feel righteous and, and feel like we're fine on imposing on everybody else. What it, but what it does is it allows us to just sit back and realize, you know, this person on the street is just as likely to breathe life into my life as I am into theirs. <laughs> I'm just as likely to be able to receive from God through them 
as they are through me. (laughs) That's a big difference. What that means is that you can, what grows with this realization of our dependence, what grows is is a value on people. It diminishes when we start thinking we need to become independent. But when we realize how dependent we are and that we're just as dependent on everyone else, when we start to, if we could get, and we're not there, I'm not there, but if I could get to the place where I realized what I intellectually know is the truth, but in my heart I am still grappling with that everything is a miracle from God, that it's raining down from heaven. If I could grab a hold of that, what would increase is I would just not withhold value from people that I placed a judgment on in evaluating them as weak when I falsely evaluated myself as strong. And that's what Jesus, the core of what he's getting at is saying, quit judging everybody. People think, well, what are we going to say that there's nothing wrong? He's just saying, every time we look out, we're just constantly in this evaluation mode of who's weak and who's strong. And by that evaluation, which is a false evaluation, my role in whether I'm going to just force myself on someone and come and I'm going to be their savior or something like that, that's not what's happening. What he's saying is, is whoever it is that the weakest among you is just as likely, if not more likely, for God to use. Not because there's some value in being seen as being more weak. The only value, the only thing that's there is that when God does something through someone that everyone else has a valued or evaluated as being weak or the value is cheap because of a false evaluation that's there. God takes that false evaluation he doesn't recognize as being true, but since we have taken that and made that evaluation and we have made that true, he's even more likely to prove that that is not the case. He just enjoys stepping into that and saying, no, they do have value. They have as much value as you. They're just as likely for great things to happen through them as you. I used to think that you should do everything that you could to make sure that when people look at you, they evaluate you as the lowest possible (laughs) denominator in humankind. I would do everything I could to make sure that people's evaluation of me, and it, it actually was very easy. It's not a difficult thing. You would think that that's a difficult. Oh, it would be really hard to, for me to like, convince people that I'm not awesome. <laughs> you know, it's actually not very difficult. <laughs> but the, it, it, it took many years, and even now I'm still struggling. But I mean, the, the idea isn't that we need to make ourselves weaker or look weaker because then we're more likely for God to use us. It's just that it doesn't matter. That's what it is. You can just do away with the whole thing. You don't even have to go there. You don't have to force one way or the other. You can just, as he goes here in the story, be content with what you have. Here's what he says. When they had all, he says, let the people sit down. Jesus then took the loaves 
gave thanks, distributed to those who were seated as much as they wanted. No, what, he didn't put anyone on a diet. He didn't say, oh, you've eaten a little bit too much. He just, as much, whether they had eaten, I, I would have eaten too much. It's like all you can eat type thing. As much as you want it. The only determining factor was however much they wanted to stuff in their mouths. There was no health anything going on there other than just whatever your desire, whether good or bad, as much as you want. And he did the same with the fish. And as much fish. Not just bread. If you like fish, fish too. Uh, When they had all had enough to eat... He said to the disciples, gather the pieces that are left over, let nothing be wasted. So they gathered them and filled 12 baskets with pieces of the five barley loaves left over uh, by all those who had eaten. The other thing that it does, what it really does, is one, it, it helps us to really see the value that God has in us, that he's not requiring us to be someone else. He's not withholding his love or it's not dependent on us becoming strong in any kind of way. It's just there. And he takes joy in taking care of us. He takes joy in being there for us. And when we see that, it helps us understand that he can do that for anybody. And we can value even the, the, who we've falsely evaluated as the weakest. It, it's not the weakest. But the biggest thing that it does is it just moves us from a place where everyone was talking about and worried about and thinking about how are we going to get more bread? How are we going to get fed? How are we going to get more, 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 more? When the goal is to move from strength to weakness or from dependence to being independent. We're locked into this thing where our entire life is basically wasted by us just constantly wanting more, 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 more. Every solution to every problem is about us getting more, 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 more. And when our life is just about just getting more, 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 he's saying, that's the wrong road. That we already have enough. We really do. And, it's, and you say, well, it's only enough for today. That's okay. Because tomorrow it'll rain down again. Well, I'm not going to be relying on miracles my whole life. Well, okay. But you are. We all are. It would be nice for our hearts to be moved from this slavery of just feeling like this weight of just needing more, 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 never having enough to a place of contentment and realizing, what am I going to do with all these other 12 loaves of, you know, what am I going to do with all the excess? That's a totally different place in our heart from one of just feeling this angst of just how am I going to get more? How am I going to get better prepared? How am I going to get more? How am I going to move from, if I can just move to this job, if I could just move to this, if I can just get this, if I can just do that, if I could just get here to just, he's saying that's a waste. But if you can get to that place of saying, man, I'm just so thankful, God, that you provided for me today. And I actually have way more than what I, I need. I don't I'm, I'm, now my worry is, is well, I'm, I'm trying to figure out what to do with this. 
you know, what to do with this 12 baskets left over? I mean, it's work of a different sort. And there's nothing that he says that they need to do with it. He doesn't even give to it. He just says, let's just not waste this. The salvation that Jesus is offering is one where he's uh, giving his life for us. And, And the reason why that's important is because he's saying that the salvation that God is offering is just 100% based on his love for us and his willingness to do whatever it takes to keep us close to him. And he's demonstrating that willingness of his heart in every good thing that we have that's coming our way. And we don't need more good in order to see that. There's already enough for us to see it. Getting more and more and more isn't the solution. And getting more and more and more, we just feel like I just need more and more and more or else I can't really see God's love. Getting more isn't going to help us see God's love. There's plenty there for us to see it already. And it's okay. I mean, we all are in that place of wanting more and more. He's fine with that. But, but the solution is, is him slowly bringing us more and more each day into situations and doing things in our life so that we will see that God has so much love for us right now as we are. It, it can't get anymore. It, it's at its max. He loves us so much that it says in John, he, we've already read this, that he gave his only son He came down to be with us. And that's what the story of Jesus is. Uh, Jesus being there is God saying, I love you. It can't get any more. The problem isn't that we need more. The problem is, you know, more along the lines of we're just wasting even what he has given to us. Uh, Let's pray. If you've uh, been at that place where you realize that you haven't been following Jesus or you would like to follow Jesus and not that maybe God's made something clear in your heart that this is what Jesus is and you're willing to, you'd like to repent for your sins and and have a hope in the salvation that Jesus is offering and and that you would like to follow him uh, on that basis and and you haven't done that, but you'd like to follow him. Uh, Raise your hand and I'll pray for you real quick and then we'll move on. Okay, let's pray. Uh, Jesus, I just pray that you would really just thank you for being gentle and thank you for being so caring, and thank you for the way that you lead us into really grabbing a hold of the salvation that you have for us. And Lord, forgive us for the way that we just are constantly going back to really us just saving ourselves, and forgive us of that. But Lord, I just pray that you would move our hearts, soften them, help us to see the the love that you have for us, and help us to just become 
comfortable and to embrace our, uh, our dependence on you. And we pray that as we interact with other people, that that would affect the way we're looking at them and, and the way that we're living our life. Lord, I just pray that you would this week just give us a real contentment in the care that you have for us and a reliance on your grace and your gifts that you pour down on us every day. We lift this up in your name, Jesus. Amen.